welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, a lot has happened yet again in the NBA, as always, but we'll get into that. But first, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Uh, I'm Daniel Huynh. Uh, first off, I just want to thank uh, to all our, our listeners for uh, listening to our great work. And I just want to announce, as of this moment, we have officially hit 1,000 followers on Twitter. Hey. Um, we, are, hey. we are forever... Hey. Yes, sir! This is a great milestone for our podcast, and all I got to say is we just got to keep on growing and getting better. And joining me as well... Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Podcast Bricks, as well as on Instagram at Shooting Bricks Podcast. We got so much amazing content, so much engagement, and we have some great news that's going to be coming up. So be sure to be active on those two pages. It's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course, we have. Yo, what up? This is Skyler. What a week for Shooting Bricks. We also hit number 110 in the United States. Now, we've had high charting in Canada and New Zealand, but especially for me, being from Canada, the United States is the biggest sports market in the entire world. To be on the same charts as all of these big podcasts that we've grown up with and listened to and have that, we appreciate you guys so, so much. Keep tuning in. Keep listening. We'll only get better. Better, engage with us more we'll listen we'll update for you guys and please just uh keep hanging in with us it's only going to get better from here absolutely it's only going to get better for here from here and i would just want to thank everyone that's just followed us throughout the entire journey so far it's been absolutely incredible we appreciate every single you know ounce of support that you guys give we couldn't do this without your support so Really, really, really appreciate everything that you guys do. So big shout out to you guys. And also big shout out to Long Beach Limited. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see, but they, I have, I'm wearing a In-N-Out animal style shirt. Looks pretty sick. You can get it on their website. They did not sponsor this episode, by the way. But I just thought it was a, a really awesome shirt. So check them out. But And this is their opportunity to sponsor us. So big shout out. Appreciate that, Jerry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hit us up. Like I said, it's a really sick shirt. Check it out. Long Beach Limited. We are not sponsored, but we should be. But anyways, um, speaking of good things that are happening this week, the Clippers, they plan to sign DeMarcus Cousins to a 10-day contract pending NBA health and safety protocols per Woj and Shams. They, according to Woj, the Clippers want a third center behind Ivica Zubas and Serge Ibaka. Guys, I think this is a really good signing for for the Clippers. They need that tenacity that they've been lacking, especially in that loss to the Magic. And I think this is going to pan out, especially considering how dramatic DeMarcus Cousins' season has gone so far. Gee, I know you're you're feeling some type of way, but what do you guys think about this signing? Uh, personally, admittedly, I'm not that impressed with this signing. I think I just think DeMarcus Cousins. His career has taken a dip since that Achilles injury. I just don't think he's the same player as he obviously he's not the same player as he used to be, but he's also bounced around from team from team after team after team the last five, like three to four years. So, I mean, and plus this is an only 10 day contract. Yes, it does add a little tenacity to the Clippers depth and among their big men. But does this really get this them over the hump against their, you know, their arch nemesis, the Lakers? No, I just don't. I just think I still think the Lakers have more depth than the Clippers do. I don't think this really adds much. I'm sorry to say this. So I'm not really I think DeMarcus Cousins is a nice player, but with his instability over these last recent years, I mean, and it this 
I, I, I only honestly, I see this addition to the depth as at best minimal. So that's, I'm just not impressed. This is a very interesting topic to start off this podcast, and I didn't expect it to go this direction. Um, the signing of DeMarcus Cousins can go either one or two ways. Uh, the Clippers are notorious for for bringing Lakers, uh, ex-Lakers to their squad or big names to their squad yep. and not producing. So it could go one or two ways, like I mentioned. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins can be one of those, another one of those big names that just happens to be on the Clippers and doesn't produce. But we're, we can't forget who the f- DeMarcus Cousins is. This was arguably the best center in the league on a trash organization. Now, if he is motivated with a Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and now a, a point guard in Rondo, which in which he played with before, right? Um, this might be what what the Clippers need as far as the big goes. Uh, Ivica Zubac uh, is a big a big guy in the paint, but he doesn't pack much offense. Uh, Sergi Baca is now a stretch stretch four, stretch five. He's not Sergi Blocker no more. So I think the things that are missing between those two bigs, DeMarcus Cousins potentially can provide for this Clippers team. Now, I think it's very disrespectful. I don't care what injuries DeMarcus Cousins been through. This mother sucker was, a, 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 like I said, a top center in the league. He is not Damian Jones. You are the Clippers. You are the L.A. Strippers. You are offering DeMarcus Cousins a 10-day contract when you guys signed Wesley Johnson, Paul Pierce, when he was still in a wheelchair in his pants. What? Come on. So I think it's disrespectful to DeMarcus Cousins and on his name. But, I mean, the Clippers, they're notorious for this. I, I kind of agree with you in a sense, Daniel, that it may not move the needle. It may not do much. But, I, again, it's I'm on the fence because it's either going to go good or going to go bad. I mean, really quickly before you hop in here, Skylar, like more than anything, this could be the break that DeMarcus needs because if he performs well as a third-string center, this could be like his audition tape for other teams saying, hey, Look what I did after this Achilles injury and the dysfunction in Houston. I can still ball out. Maybe I'm worth five to ten dollars, ten dollars, five to ten million dollars a year. Why not? Now that'd be disrespectful, right? Yes, extremely. We go ahead, Skylar. Oh man, you know when you say uh, him being a third string sensor, I think we're going to see him be higher up on that list by the end of this season. I think this is actually a very underrated move i'm excited about this move to me this feels a little bit a little bit like dwight howard signing with the lakers and that kind of situation bounced around team to team no hope left and somehow he found a role that made it work and fit into the culture of that 2020 lakers squad that is how i see demarcus cousins in this role he doesn't have to be a fourth option he doesn't have to even necessarily be a fifth option and it's a great role for him he's played with rondo we've seen that chemistry And let's not forget Boogie Cousins in his prime was one of the most offensively skilled players that we've seen in a long time in every single way, passing and shooting. And I know that he's not going to put up those near 60 pieces anymore, but he doesn't have to do that. That's the beauty of this role. So if you're the LA Clippers in the playoffs, you can put out a lineup to close out games of Rajon Rondo, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Sergi Baca, and DeMarcus Cousins. That is ridiculous at the end of a game. I think this is a really big move for them. I think DeMarcus fits that gritty LA underbelly culture of the Clippers. And I think this is one of the best situations that he could find himself in to recapture some of that old magic. Skylar, I mean, I, I, I really understand the points you're trying to come across. I mean, this could really help them, but at the end of the day, in a, in a sort of rebuttal, you, you kind of mentioned the Dwight Howard thing with the Lakers, but the, here's the big difference, though. Dwight Howard had a whole god 
season to build chemistry with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, get acclimated in that lineup. We are in, in, in this situation with DeMarcus Cousins. We are at the, you know, we're at the tail end of the season here. The, the regular season is coming to a close. DeMarcus Cousins, a 10-day contract at this point, it's not going to do anything as far as getting acclimated with everyone involved. It's it's kind of it's kind of late for that. So like at that point, at this point, like I don't really understand like your comparison to Dwight Howard here because it's it, it's so honestly think, it's a different situation in my in my opinion. I think where Skyler is coming from is the fact that correct me if I'm wrong. When Dwight Howard was signed by the Lakers, his contract was non guaranteed, meaning absolutely that he, had he had to, to prove it exactly and. I think at the time, Rob Polinka was like, if this fails, no worries. We can just cut him. If it works out, fantastic. So I think this is the, this is the same kind of moves that you know the Clippers are doing because they hope that DeMarcus Cousins could be like the Dwight Howard signing in that they sign him for cheap and it pans out really, really well. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that he's been switching teams. And also for me, it's it's there was no one Dwight had chemistry with on that team already. To me personally, Rajon Rondo is the best player I've ever seen uh, DeMarcus have chemistry with. So I don't think it's the same situation. I completely understand the timing issue, but I think that the chemistry he already has with Rondo will play to his benefit. So they're for those buckets inside and even him being able to shoot it on the outside, but I'm really excited to see how this pans out. Yeah. And I'm actually very excited because Skylar, you mentioned big move. And so I'm excited to talk about this. Jeff Teague signs with Milwaukee and Gorgie Jang signs with the Spurs. Really big moves guys, really moving the needle there. But you know, I've, uh, I've led you around for long enough Here's the big one. Ready for some word vomit? Because I'm not. But here we go. The Lakers land Andre Drummond for only $794,000 per Bobby Marks of ESPN. The thing is, you guys are rejoicing. Both sides know that this is a rental. And it's really interesting how this entire situation started out because it all started with the James Harden deal. Now, Cleveland wasn't expecting Jarrett Allen to be part of the trade at all because... Why would he be? He's the, he's the centerpiece, at, at least at the five, for Brooklyn. But then once James Harden came into town and they're like, oh, well, we got to get rid of some people. And Cleveland was just there. And so it was like, all right, we'll take Jarrett Allen. And, you know, Drummond didn't want to split the minutes. And so a lot of I don't know if you guys read the little write up the Bleach Report did about the entire saga regarding Drummond being bought out. But just in case, here's a quick overview so the Cavs were hoping to at least get a second-round pick for him, but that fell through. The Raptors, Dallas Mavericks, Bulls, Clippers, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, Nets, Lakers, and Knicks all showed interest. And obviously the Lakers got him because they're the Lakers. Um, and also it's really interesting because Drummond was interested in playing with LaMelo. And after this season, he could potentially go back to Charlotte on a deal similar to what Steven Adams got about two years through $35 million. And it's interesting that the Knicks who were really favored to land him, they were willing to pay $64 million over four years, but Drummond was, was more, you know, concerned about more serious playoff contenders, which makes sense. So with that being said, really, really really let it all out. What are your thoughts on this? Because as a Warriors fan, I'm sickened. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I am appalled that this happened, but 
I, I'm learning to accept it. Uh, I am personally rejoicing in delight. Uh, I mean, this is better than anything we could have gotten in the trade deadline as a Lakers fan. I don't think that Kyle Lowry trade would have, I don't know. I don't know. Personally, like, I don't know if that would really, would have really benefited us, but I, I think we got a, we definitely got a big, um, you got a, we now got our rim protector. He adds depth to our lineup. He's going to be a really key figure coming into the playoffs. I think he's, I think, I think when it's in, when the Lakers do win the championship, I think Andre Drummond will be a big reason why LeBron James will get his fifth ring. Uh, personally, uh, I think going into the offseason, I think the Lakers have the best, have a great chance of signing him, uh, resigning to another contract. You're in LA, you have a, you're in a starting position, you're also playing with LeBron James. Overall, this is a great move. I think I think the Lakers championship odds are exponentially greater today than they were two weeks ago. Really quickly, the Lakers don't have cap space, I don't think. So they everyone knows in the well not everyone but most executives know that this is going to be a short-term rental because there's no way la can afford him because he's looking for 20 the same deal he got like 28 million dollars he's looking for a max deal so uh okay one of the the points that was made was the knicks offered him four years 64 million dollars and that is a team that has cap space so we're looking at the the market value for a center that plays like andre drummond and i don't mean this in any disrespect but just to clarify for the listeners at home andre drummond is a a atypical center back in the 80s and 90s right oh yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. centers nowadays needs to be able to stretch the floor so his market value is pretty low even though he's what the top rebounder in the past five years, two-time All-Star teams, they only wanted what? What the Cavaliers wanted a second-round pick for this guy? The at least in rebounding. At least a second-round pick. That's your market value, Andre Drummond. I don't care who's the executive. I don't care who you are. They're dumb. No offense. I don't. I don't think any team is going to offer him the same contract that he has currently. With that being said, we got Rob Palinka, and shout out to the fan that commented on our our reel earlier about me not knowing who Pat Riley is, but I know who f-ing Rob Palinka is. I know who Pat Riley is too. But um, Rob Palinka has has made magic happen. <laughs> Magic's gone. But Rob Palink has made magic happen. We've had players on our squad, like uh, freaking Contavious Codwell Pope making $13 million, um, that we can potentially ship off and make that salary cap uh, room for Andre Drummond if he does so happen to have uh, an amazing 25 games and great playoffs. I echo what Daniel was saying. Drummond is going to be a big factor on his squad. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be playing with all-star type players. I don't think Andre Drummond has ever played with a player like LeBron James. LeBron James in a pick and roll with Andre Drummond is going to be magic-esque. I cannot wait to see it. I hope to see Dennis Schroeder do some magic with Andre Drummond tonight. Peek behind the curtains. It's Wednesday. Andre Drummond is starting against the Bucks today. So um, it's going to be a big impact. Mobile, mobile big, big body, athletic, can finish in the paint. I'm excited to see it. This was a great move. It's low risk. We only we paid less than a veteran's minimum for this guy. There's no they, we you know what I'm saying? We won. We won. We have Andre Drummond, and I'm just gonna leave it at this. Andre Drummond is a Laker. A- absolutely. Yeah. What else can you say? Andre Drummond is a Laker. And uh Jared, I, I gotta say, man, this might be how how some other people felt when the aforementioned Demarcus Cousins went to the Warriors kind of thing. It was just like another person they got. For us, though, the same way you were smiling then, we're smiling yeah. right now. This is awesome. This is a perfect move. Uh, what do you do if there's a leak in the boat? You plug up the boat. You plug up the hole, and then the boat is good. JaVale McGee left. 
Dwight Howard left. We did not have that rim protecting power. Marcus Gasol is a special kind of center who can pass and he'll benefit us in the playoffs, but he doesn't have that power. He doesn't have that ability to finish lobs. And Andre Drummond comes in and gives it to us even better, younger, and bigger. I love it. It's a perfect move for the Lake Show. It's exactly what they needed. And I think this will pay dividends for them. Uh, as for how things are going to go, I say plug up the hole because that's all it is right now. You can worry about the rest later, but you know what changes people's minds about a max deal? Championship rings. And so yep. let's see what happens and what kind of money he wants after the Lakers repeat this year. Because if we'll get into Dennis later, but... If that's off the books and you got maybe a nice $9 million, uh, a year for two years kind of contract and Drummond's willing to take it, we'll see. But overall, just rim-protecting center is exactly what the Lakers needed. Lobs with LeBron, it's exactly what they got. I can't wait to see this happen. So it's, it's really interesting because you guys are all, you know, singing praises of, you know, adulation, whatever. But I, I'm kind of curious because... Drummond has been known to have really iffy on-off splits with teams doing better when he's off the floor. So I, I think during the 15-16 or 16-17 season, I think there were more than 10 points better with him off the floor. Does that concern you at all, especially with LeBron seemingly out for another six weeks? Uh, honestly, no. Uh, per- because personally, uh, in my opinion, Especially this season, I don't think the regular season really matters as much. It's been an odd season in general. All the Lakers do is just is just gonna plant down on on seeds four, four, four or five, and that's it. That's all they all they need to do. And plus, Andre Drummond is playing with LeBron James, and when you're playing with a player with LeBron James, the nature of things generally are different than what you find on any other ordinary team. So personally, I'm not I'm not worried at all. So overall, this is a good pickup for us. Um, just to piggyback off of what Daniel and Skyler has mentioned before, he's plugging in a hole that that's missing on this team. We we need a big body and we need somebody to rebound. And that's something that's really missing on this Lakers team. So with that being said, he's going to make an impact. I don't care about these extra stati- statistics we're looking at, the analytics behind it and all of that. As long as he's getting boards and giving us second chance opportunities, that equates to win. He can have a, a, a plus minus negative 72, but we got the win. He had 35 rebounds. I'm okay, okay with that because the W, that's the, that's the most important statistic that isn't measured by uh, metrics. <laughs> so uh, that's all that matters. Absolutely. When we're talking 2015, 2016, we're talking all-star drumming on the Pistons. We're talking a number one option. We're talking a different era of the league almost. We were really just getting into the very peak of the Steph Curry total three-point revolution. And so now he knows his role. He knows his role. He's older. He's more mature. He's wiser. He's a better player. And he doesn't even have to do as much as he did on the Cavs. He just has to defend, protect the rim, and score when it's needed, and finish off those lobs. And to have a guy like Andre Drummond, uh, I, I see him being, you know, in that DeAndre Jordan type of role with the Clippers. But instead of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, we got LeBron and AD fresh off a championship. So I'm very excited about this move personally. And I think it's a perfect role for Andre Drummond at this point in his career as well. So with us just talking about Drummond, so who loses minutes in the front court? Because it's going to be a pretty packed front court. Obviously, it's all right. 
I think it's Gasol because Gasol doesn't really do us a much on he especially does not do much, like the Lakers any favors on the defensive end. We need that rim protector to be out there when the game starts. Uh, Gasol is a good big, but like I think he, I think just think because of it, the, the uh, his defensive uh, deficiencies, he's better off coming off the bench, um, giving in good minutes uh, for a good rest for the starter. So I think that's where Gasol belongs. You, I think he should be coming off the bench. Agreed. I also believe that uh, Marquise Morris will be missing out on minutes. He might even fall out of the rotation entirely. So um, that's going to be those two, Gasol and Morris. Uh, I'm hoping that Trez continues to get the steady minutes because I like him at the five, four or four now because he's going to be more, most likely moving to the four uh, unless it's a Kuz and Trez lineup. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Trez has been balling out during this break. So I, I think that's completely true. Uh, as for Morris, that's a great point, G. I, I didn't really think about that that much. And yeah, what is Morris's role now? And he hasn't been quite the same as last season. So that'll be really interesting. He might get his minutes eaten entirely. As for Gasol, yeah, I, I think he's more of that veteran you want on the playoffs for those big minutes because he has the experience. He's no longer a starting center. It's okay. It happens to everyone. He's a phenomenal player, but he's not a consistent starting center on a championship team. I think he can be a phenomenal, phenomenal center uh, as like a backup center in the playoffs. And so I think Gasol and Morris will lose the minutes. Uh, But then again, uh, I feel like potentially, uh, especially with matchups goes, it might be might be Gasol ended up out of the lineup because if we have Anthony Davis and Drummond that could potentially play to five uh, as far as uh, with the bench lineup and you need the spacing. Keith yeah. Keith has been averaging like nine, ten points, six boards uh, starting, and he's hit he's hit some big shots for us in the playoffs. So he might be able to fight for his minutes. It's a chess game that we'll get figured out sooner rather than later, but. Speaking of things that are trying to get figured out, so I'm trying to figure this out. Dennis Schroeder turns down a four-year, $84 million extension because he, quote, wants well over $20 million a year. And I was listening to Brian Windhorst's podcast a few few hours ago, and he said that the thing that really irked Schroeder was that there, there wasn't – people don't necessarily know if it was fully guaranteed, partially guaranteed, or if there were any incentives. Now – I'm going to take Schroeder's side here. I'm going to bet on myself because four years, $84 million, that's what, $21 million a year? Yeah. So if I'm Schroeder and I'm getting paid seventeen, right, at the, end of his, at the end of this contract, I want 25 Why not? I'm 27, 28. Why not get $25 million? I mean, he's shown that he can produce decent numbers, but... I mean, I'm going to bet on myself. I want to get that back. Personally, I don't agree with this move. Uh, when you're playing with LeBron James at the end of the day, championships, in my opinion, are better, is is infinitely more better than getting more money. And especially when you're playing with a guy like LeBron James, it's a truly a privilege to be playing with a guy like him. But I do understand why Dennis Schroeder is doing this. Uh, yes, he has, been do- he has been a phenomenal member of this Lakers team so far. And like, uh, as you're saying, like, 20 million, in my opinion, if I was shorter, is on the lower side. So, yeah, I would definitely ask for like 20, like something around 25 to 27 mil. But I don't, honestly, I still don't really agree with this. It's, it's kind of like just if I'm Dennis Schroeder, like I'm playing with LeBron James, I'm in LA of all places in a Laker uniform, I'm taking that extension. 
Maybe it's his way of lashing out as being part of like trade talks and stuff. Who knows? Potentially. Uh, I took a listen to Skyler. He was uh, a guest on, a, on, on another podcast. What was the podcast again, Skyler? Hashtag Lakers podcast. Hashtag, hashtag Lakers, Lakers podcast. podcast. Yeah. Um, they made some pretty good points. I, I know that there's a lot of business aspects uh, behind it, and I'm not going to get into all that because I don't know if that's part of what Skyler is going to talk about with Schroeder here. Um, but as a Lakers fan, I don't feel like Dennis has been consistent enough nor putting up the numbers um, to, to get that $25 million contract. I understand. Bet on yourself. Get the bag. But what you have been giving us, it's not $25 million worthy. Like, I, I feel like $21 mil was – that's a lot of money to be throwing at him. You're, you're not an yes. all-star. You're not an all-star. <laughs> you only have one achievement or accomplishment. He's one of six men, right? Um, you're averaging 15 and five. And we are like, if he was the same Dennis in the beginning of the, of the season, like that consistency that he had, what he was doing, then yeah, I would, I would give it to him, but he's been, he's been inconsistent. And we've had this discussion on this podcast before what separates the good players from the great players. Unfortunately, I'm a Lakers fan. I love the guy. I love Dennis Schroeder. I want him to be a part of this legacy. I want him to ride out in the sunset with AD as they retire as Lakers. But unfortunately, Dennis Schroeder is not a phenomenal player, just using the term that Daniel used earlier. He's not a phenomenal player. He might have a phenomenal moment one, once or twice, diving for the rebound, looking like Dennis Rodman back in 1993, but it's not consistent. We've seen you average 19 points off the bench. You're a starter now. Your, your expectations is a little bit different. And right now, you're looking like a, a average starting point guard on a squad. Unfortunately, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. So 25 mil, I don't know about that. But, hey, as a Lake, if, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not giving you 25 to 27 mil. Like, you're just going to have to balance, bro. 21 is the best that we could give you. Let's get some incentives into it. If you make an all-star game, okay, we'll give you 10% more. <laughs> that Because you got you to gotta do some shit. You can't just be on, on the wave. Like, we overpaid KCP. 13 mil, look at the bum now. No offense, KCP. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you bum. I apologize. But I just want to see some more consistency out there. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, gee, to, to make your point even stronger here, Dennis actually was a finalist for six man of the year. So he hasn't even won six man of the year. And you're asking for that. Like, I was actually surprised the Lakers offered him that that much money in the first place, like like for that long term of a deal. So that was really interesting. And yeah, no, exactly. Schroeder was saying that he owns the team in Germany. And so he understands the business. And so he's betting on himself and doing this. But bro, you're trying to, you're trying to play hardball with Rob Palinka here. Rob Palinka was Kobe Bryant's agent. He's, he invented hardball in the NBA at this point. The dude knows how to play. And this is the wrong team and the wrong situation to do this. And... I don't know if, if this is what he's looking for. It's going to be tough for them to find a resolution. He's, he's put them in a really tough spot. I think he's great this year. But I think if you're the Lakers, I want to do a sign-in trade for Kyle Lowry with Toronto at the end of the season. Shell up some money in cap space and see what you can do there. See how you can re-sign Drummond because Lowry's a dog. Lowry's a dog. He's one of the best non-statistical contributors that I've seen play the game of basketball, even though he has good stats. He was the engine that made Toronto run during that championship run. They needed the superstar in Kawhi Leonard, but it was Captain Kyle Lowry. And so I really think that 
if if I'm the Lakers, that's the solution in this situation. If this is the kind of money that Dennis is looking for long term, I mean, a hundred million, four years. LeBron retires. You have THT as well. Let's not forget about THT. Taylor Horton Tucker, Dino Mike. Come on, he's so special. He's going to be an amazing point guard within four years. I would rather have THT than Dennis Schroeder. Hmm. Interesting, because a lot of at least. Let me try and phrase this properly. So if you're Masai Ujiri, right, would you accept that sign and trade? I think I would. Uh, yeah. Kyle Lowry is coming to towards the end of his career. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry may be looking to get out of Toronto. He may w- want to get out and look for, you know, one last championship. And I believe Kyle Lowry's from, uh, he's, a so, he's a SoCal kid, right? Or am he's I from Philly. Philly, that's oh, the one concern. Okay. okay. Apologies to to Mr. Kalari, my 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 bad. He, but the point is, he may want to be looking to go play play in LA with LeBron, getting that one last title, and you know, Masai Ujiri may be wanting uh, someone that's a little bit younger, Dennis Schroeder. He could Dennis Schroeder a sign and trade with Kalari and Dennis Schroeder could, you know, benefit both sides. At, at the end of this. Um, I, I feel like it, it, it all depends on where Kyle Lowry wants to go because I feel like they're going to do right by him. That's how they've been treating him. Um, he's arguably the best Raptor of all to, time. Uh, of all time. So uh, it depends on where, where Kyle Lowry goes. I feel like there's more incentive for Kyle Lowry to go to Philly because he's from there. Um, it, it, I, I, I know as fans, we think everybody wants to come to the Lakers, but Everybody doesn't want to come to the Lakers. I, you know, you know, so he, maybe they want to, he wants to go to Philadelphia and, and, and establish himself there, like how he did with the Raptors and help them win a championship rather than give the Lakers their 18th or 19th uh, championship. Philly yeah. would make a lot of sense because they need a point guard. So just saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big concern for sure with Philadelphia is that. He might want to go there, but the Raptors will do right by Kyle Lowry. They respect him. He's been with the franchise a long time. He helped them and stuck with them to win a championship. I personally still rank him as the fourth best Raptor ever, but that's a discussion for another time, and that's no disrespect to Kyle Lowry. Um, he's an, he's amazing. His legacy is forever etched in Canadian basketball history and basketball in general. But, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting because he's also sung LeBron's play, praises a lot. And so the opportunity to play with AD and LeBron and have those kind of stats and championship, but also he'd be a great fit in Philly with Embiid and, uh, and Simmons, and we'll see what happens. What about oh, yeah. Chris Paul? What about Chris Paul? I actually would, um, given Ooh. how history has panned out, uh, I, I, would, I would honestly be really – I really want that to happen. It's just, you know – Let's Doesn't get Chris a, Paul, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade out of retirement, banana boat on the banana Lakers. Boat. LeBron said he wanted it to happen. Player option. Doesn't, yeah, like a $40 million player option. Like 44. He's probably going to accept yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's an option, just like uh, Curry is an option to the Lakers. Yeah, no, let's, let's not get into that because that's <laughs> BS. But anyways, so um, really quickly, though, like, Daniel brought this up championships and, you know, playing in LA. So I don't know if you guys see this doc, but Russell Westbrook is the first player to reach a 30, 20 and 10 triple double, right? He has the most triple doubles in wizards history. Now, the thing that really interests me about this, about Russell Westbrook as a whole, because I, 
I am a known, not necessarily a hater, but I have been known to say my piece about Westbrook. Now, he did say that, quote, a championship won't change my life. I'm happy. I was a champion once I made it to the NBA. I grew up, I grew up in the streets. I'm a champion. I don't have to be an NBA champion. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, Championships I mean, aren't everything, apparently. I just, I kind of have mixed feelings, like Russell, like, I don't know. I just feel like this could be a moment where like someone like, you know, when that person's having that, you know, they're just saying stuff to make themselves feel better. And this could, this comment could be it. I, I, I don't know. Like, yes, it's, a, it's, it's like, it's, if it's true, if these comments are really accurate to what he's really feeling, then cool. All the power to him. But I don't know, man. Like winning, winning, becoming an NBA champion. I mean, that's one of the one of the great privileges you like most people on this earth never get to have. So, like, I have a hard time believing that he one hundred and ten percent believes this because I also have a hard time a player like Charles Barkley, as great as he was. I bet you his greatest, his biggest regret was was his inability to win a championship. At the end of the day, there's a reason why Charles Barkley at the tail end of his career went to Houston. Because he wanted a one last ditch effort to get that ring. So I mean, the you know the statue laid lays lays the greatness to how Westbrook has been throughout his whole career. I too, like you, have had you know I've said it on this podcast before. I too have had my criticism of Russell Westbrook. I mean, here's my at the end of like my final comment. I leave it at this. It's cool if he believes it. If, if this is what he actually believes, but I have a hard time if it's actually accurate. It's it's a hundred percent accurate. This is just a small portion of his overall what he was saying. He said it's beyond basketball. You you made a great point, Dan. You made a great point. You said only few are able to win an NBA championship. Only few are able to make it to the NBA. Only few are able to average a triple double in a whole season. Actually, let's scratch that. Only two players in NBA history have ever done that. As well, only few have won an MVP. Russell Westbrook is a phenomenal human being. Speaking from, he's it's more than basketball. It's, it's as a human being, especially speaking from his community. He didn't directly say it, but he's talking about his community. He yeah. grew up in the streets of Los Angeles, where as, as, this, as, as African-Americans, we're painted to be a certain thing, right? We've been seeing, uh, there was a, um, I know Reagan Griffin was talking about it on Twitter uh, earlier about athletes just being naturally like gifted. Like they don't put in the hard work to become who they are. Russell Westbrook has been putting in the hard work to be one of the best top point guards in NBA history. He's a champion and he's doing more than just playing basketball. He, no mm-hmm. offense to Charles Barkley, but he ain't out here eating uh, uh, donuts from freaking, what is it? Uh, I'm having cream. a brain for it. Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts. Russell Westbrook's giving back to his community. He has a whole school. He, cre- he He's funding a whole school. Yeah. You see what Russell Westbrook does every year? He's out there feeding the homeless. He's giving. Yep. Russell Westbrook is a champion. We have to figure out what the definition of a champion. And it's not always about your accolades as far as what you get in the NBA. But Russell Westbrook has that. So I 100%, 100% agree with this, with this, with this quote because it's beyond basketball. He's giving back to his, his community. He's being a, a positive role model. He's showing you what grit, grind, determination, and passion is. He shows it every game. He goes out there. He's a dog. He plays hard. He doesn't care what everybody else has to say because he's going to still be himself. Russell Westbrook has not changed since day one. 
10 wow. plus years in a league. 100% agree. Absolutely. G, you know, sometimes it can feel like you're on an island when you're defending Russell Westbrook, but it's, it's nice to hear from you because I, I love me some Russell Westbrook. I always have. I understand the hate, but the guy, he really is a phenomenal human being. Here's where the confusion comes in for a lot of people. He said, when I'm on the court, my only friend is Spalding. So when he's exiting the court, when he's on the court, it, it's all basketball. It's all mentality. It's all tenacity. Kobe Bryant said that Russell Westbrook was the player that reminded him the most of himself when he retired. And if you watch basketball the year after Kobe Bryant retired and there was a hole in your heart not getting to watch Kobe on the Lakers, Westbrook was the player you turned to that year because he brought that grit. He brought that tenacity. He brought those clutch moments. It's not about, you know, statistics and how many shots and la-di-da. He brought those clutch moments that are unforgettable and etched in time forever. He's averaged a triple-double three times. I understand all of the criticism, but, but you, oh my God, it's, it's still very good. It really, really is. It's impressive. It's one of the more impressive feats. He's one of the most athletic point guards I've ever seen. I even understand the criticism. He could have been more successful as a shooting guard completely. That would have been very interesting. We saw him in Houston off the ball and he was playing some of the best ball of his career. No pandemic and the Rockets are a whole different story if they kept up with that. But let's not forget as well about Russell Westbrook and the Why Not Foundation and everything G was mentioning, everything he's done for his community, everything he's done for other people. He's a really, really good person off the court, creating a documentary on the Tulsa Oklahoma racial massacres. I was educated just by learning about that. I saw it, I researched it, and it got me to understand racism on a deeper level. And that is what Russell Westbrook means to me. The picture of him holding up his fist, protesting in the streets with DeMar DeRozan and Kendrick Lamar uh, was just amazing. He's a great dude. As far as the championship comment here, I think it's also him sort of accepting it might not happen, so I got to be cool with my legacy and the fact that I'm the only player to do this and I'll always get the hate. So it, it, there's a little bit of truth in him making himself feel better, but there's also truth in the comment. He really, to me, is an Allen Iverson type of player, one of the greatest players to ever play the game that did not win a championship, if that is, in fact, how he retires. But it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. Not even close. He has a few more years left because he's what, 33, right? 38. So, yeah, I'll be 33 this year. Wow. And I he's going to get a lot of, so he's not done anytime soon. But yeah, this I have doubts. I personally have doubts. I just, I just fear for his knees. I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he does end his career on a, on a championship note, but like, you know, like what's going to happen with this aggressive playing style? Like, like what if his like you know it's it's just it all depends how how his his game matures from this point He's on. He's thirty three. Yeah. Okay. So thirty three year old putting up these numbers. I think once he gets a little bit, I wouldn't say older, but once he gets a little bit more experienced as a shooting guard, I think he'll start to cater his game around being a more grounded and less. 100% of the time, I'm going 1,000% of the time. You know what I mean? The, the, the other thing is Russell Westbrook has he's, – he's in shape. <laughs> he yeah. has like a LeBron-type body. He is not an Andre uh, 
Miller. You know, Andre Miller oh, doesn't yeah. look you. That's a pull. You know what I'm saying? But he's not Andre Miller. He's very ath- athletic. He puts a lot of time into his body. You see, he does. And you know, I, I follow Russell Westbrook, so I know what he's doing off season. Yeah. He's doing beach workouts, yoga, boxing, all types of stuff. And this is a new age. We have a whole lot of technology. We're seeing players last longer. And up to this point, Russell Westbrook, knock on wood, all glory to God. Um, he hasn't had a serious injury. So, I, I mean, you have that. You have those concerns regardless with these players. You have that concern with Zion Williamson. We had it. We we didn't really have it with Derrick Rose until it happened. So I think Russell Westbrook is slowly changing his game a little bit. You know, he's still going to yeah. be the same Russell Westbrook, but we're still going to see those flashes of of athleticism, just like how we seen with VC Vince Carter. He still has oh, yeah. flashes of it at forty years old, dunking like it's you know it's it, it's possible. Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up Vince Carter because this is a great segue. Vince Carter played for the New Jersey Nets. And speaking of the Nets, they went out and said, why not? And grabbed Blake Griffin for <laughs> Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge, excuse me, for under $2.1 million. That's crazy. These dudes combined have wow. 13 All-Stars and a ton of All-NBA nods. And they got both for under $2.1 million. Insanity. Now, LaMarcus Aldridge... He's not there, if you know what I mean. Like, he's not the LaMarcus Aldridge of two years ago, or last year even. Blake Griffin's not close to anything that he once was. But he's currently, he looks more spry in Brooklyn. And even though his his numbers are pedestrian at best, he found a role in Steve Nash's system. So with that being said, what are your guys' expectations for LaMarcus Aldridge? Because I was reading up some comments that he made. They didn't bring him for offense or to, you know, to be an all-star. They brought him in for defense. LaMarcus Aldridge and defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. okay, so, so... He said that? Okay. Yeah, he said that. He, he was quoted as saying that they brought him in for his defensive IQ and all that stuff. So, uh, cool. I... I... <sighs> They're doing something weird in Brooklyn with all that, with, with how things with the James Harden trade this season. I, just, I they're just hoarding in like all these all stars now, like current or former. <sighs> I, I, I guess it's it's a good Can addition to them, a though? better, huh? Can you blame them though? I mean, what are you gonna no. like? Lamarcus Aldridge is free, and you're gonna be like, no, I, I don't want you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're gonna take him in, of course, but yeah. Uh, <sighs> I, I mean, obviously, he's not the all star. He's not 2007 Lamarcus Aldrich anymore. He, th- this is this is an old grizzled veteran you're bringing in. So this is this is this is a. I guess this is good for Bro, a veteran. That team. was such a pull. 2007 Lamarcus Aldrich. That's such a pull. I thought you were going to say 2017. Uh, this is a veteran. This is a veteran team. He's a nice addition. He got you got a, a coach in Steve Nash that that has experience in in dealing with these type of players. Uh, I I was very confused by the defense comment. Uh, I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge is going to give any defense at all, uh, considering he's always been a primarily offensive player his whole career. Uh, I, this I I guess this it adds a little bit of depth. Um, it's not going to really personally though. It's not going to really move the uh, the the needle in my opinion in terms of the uh, the championship race and them against the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to beat this Nets team in six or seven games. Uh, it's not the wor- it's not a terrible addition, but it's not it's not like a oh it's not like what it's not as good of addition as Drummond is to the Lakers. 
I mean, it's a good addition. <laughs> it's a body and it's a person that can to put up buckets. It's not they needed they need role players. They needed to fill out their roster. So picking both of these guys up is is good for the Nets. Now that defensive comment it's pretty funny to me because I've seen a lot of screenshots of Lamarcus Aldridge. Quote. Having a high defensive IQ as far as being able to switch, being able to change coverages, being able to help guys read defenses and tackling and talking to the guards. Okay. He could talk to guards, but that switch it. Eh, eh. Um, he <laughs> nope. doesn't want to leave the paint. Like, he he kind of plays defense like Rudy Gobert. I, I know, like, like, hear me out, hear me out. Rudy Gobert doesn't like to play on the perimeter. He's a great interior defender. He will switch on you, but he wants to he wants to stay. Something is pulling him back to the paint. I've seen screenshots of Loarcus Ardich. He plays defense like he's glitching out on 2K, freaking yeah. pressing the block button 10 feet away from a shooter. That's ridiculous. But I understand the defensive IQ aspect of being able to talk. But, damn, I mean – as a player in the NBA, that's expected. You feel what I'm saying? You're supposed to talk. We teach this to our kids at five years old. They don't want to do it. At 11-year-olds, AAU, talk to your teammates. So he's just stating basic basketball skills. Um, I don't think he moves the needle, uh, like I said, but it's it's beneficial to have somebody to kind of lean on that you're not expecting to do much that can still hit that mid-range shot. But that defense, bro, I don't know about all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's confusing statement, and I think the Nets are confused in telling him that, and I think Lamarcus is confused in listening, and I think that they're they're all going to realize pretty quickly. Like, let's just have this guy out there as a body to create spacing and hit some mid range shots. Uh, Daniel, you're absolutely right when you say Lakers in six or seven against the Nets because that's what I think this move did. Instead of losing in five, they'll lose in six. That's that's really to me what this move does. Uh, that's the way it moves the needle. It doesn't get them closer to a championship. It gets them an extra game in the finals if that collision course that seems to be destined of the Lakers and Nets happen. Don't get me wrong. These moves of Blake and Lamarcus do add up. The championship recipe is you know you get those sort of veterans, a little bit younger, a little bit older, and then you got to fill it out with those older role players. And so the Nets are following the NBA recipe for creating a championship, they're just too late to the game, in my opinion, uh, as far as it goes. One thing I want to shout out the Nets for, though, is Steve Nash going wrong in a press conference. <laughs> absolutely made my day. Uh, I was laughing so hard. I watched it like five times. And if you're having some kind of day, please look up Steve Nash roaring in a press conference. It's too good. Whatever that was, but yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, but no, I, I mean, that's actually a great segue, not the Steve Nash thing, but the thing you said before that, which was, you know, the collision course between the, the Nets and the Lakers. It seems like it's set in stone, but just for the sake of argument, and if you guys would humor me, what if the Nets don't even make it to the finals? Because everyone's just talking about it, right? And what if the Nets don't make it? And conversely, what if neither team makes it? Because we're, all, we're talking about all this hubbub. So i just like to hear your guys' thoughts on First, if the Nets don't make it. And second, if neither team makes it. I mean, if the Nets don't make it, I don't see it as a as like a nail in the coffin um, against this Nets team. I think their championship window is this year and next year. So I, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets have two, like two years to get the, to get a ring in, in Brooklyn and bar, at, get a banner at Barclays Center. Now, if either team makes it, that would be that honestly would be one of the most shocking results in recent NBA memory. I just don't think personally, I just don't think any team in the West 
can really beat the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James at, as yeah. of this moment. Like, like, let's be honest. Like Utah, Phoenix. It's for the uh, sake of argument, Utah, no. Phoenix, hell no. Uh, fraudulent one, uh, first seed and, and two seed in the East. Philadelphia, they're not ready. Milwaukee is definitely not ready. I just, it would be, it would be a, it would be a more massive, like shocker, shocker than the Clippers and Nuggets results from last season. So, uh, personally, it would, it, it would be, you know, it would change the, it, it would impact the landscape and how we see things. But I don't think it's likely. I just don't. I, I'm sorry, I can't see it, Jared. That's fine. Damn. Daniel, I feel you. I feel like I feel like Stevie Wonder here too, because I obviously can't see that either. Uh, the Eastern Conference, I feel like it's going to be so much easier for the Brooklyn Nets to get to the to the finals. With I'm saying that because look at the Eastern Conference. There's no legitimate teams in the Eastern Conference that have proven None. themselves that they can get to the to to the to the finals like the bucks haven't been able to prove themselves the celtics look at what's what's going on there the raptors are out of the picture now so who do we have in the east i I, i'm a Giannis fan but i just don't believe in the bucks in the squad so i feel like teams are going to be nervous they're going to be scared they're going to see players that have championship experience such as kd and kyrie Irving, that could pick up the slack for players like uh uh james harden if he does happen to go into his shell in the playoffs so i feel like the nets there it's, it's going to happen like it just it has to happen um unless we have a new crown in the east um and i, I just don't see that um and then still on my stevie wonder ish right now uh, the Western Conference, uh, the Lakers just solidified themselves. I mean, the, the reason why I say that is they now have a big to guard Jokic. Anthony Davis, maybe in the, in the finals, going to slide to that five, but all of the bumping and grinding that the bigs do, you got a 16, 285 Hulk type player in the paint that can guard a Nikola Jokic. And that was the only kind of danger I felt from a Western Conference team. And that's Denver Nuggets team. And they, are, they aren't even, they're not even living up to par. The Utah Jazz, I'm not worried about them. They have a solid squad. But when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you're talking to Lakers fan, this hypothetical question, I, can, I cannot help but answer it like this. When you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the court at the same time, it's just, did you see how we played last year? Yes. And players have stepped yep. up. We don't have Danny Green anymore. Kuzma stepped up. KCP stepped up. And I just think it's just going to be a repeat. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the Skylar Treppel wave. You know what I'm saying? It's back to back. It's inevitable on my Thanos. Yep. I got the freaking uh, fist right here. It's about, <laughs> it's about to happen. End the game. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, yes, it, it's Lakers, I think, will for sure be in the finals for the next two years. Only team I'm going to give credit to this year actually is the L.A. Clippers. Um, I do think that this DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo pairing to go along with Kawhi Leonard, who we've seen proven in the finals with Paul George, Nicholas Batum on the bench. Uh, and then you've also got, you know, Marcus Morris on there, too. They got depth. They got depth for sure. So I think that's the only team that could give them trouble, but it's it's just not happening to me this year. As far as the East, um, I know there was a little reel I was on, and so I, I got to give them a little bit of credit. The Miami Heat made the finals last year, and it seemed like a fluke, but here's the thing. 
They are right now one and a half games out of fourth place, and they they were just terrible at the beginning of the season. The Jimmy injuries, Jimmy's looking good. Now they got Victor Oladipo on there too, and that was last year that they made the finals, and they haven't really given anything up. Now you got Victor Oladipo, so I could see you know Miami being a, a really dark horse upset. Other than that, I've actually thought that within the next two years, we would see Brooklyn and Philly alternate in the finals. And, you know, as Daniel was kind of saying, is Philly there? I feel like this Embiid injury really slowed them down because Embiid was looking like, you know, a career season MVP potentially. And the big question with that is going to be, can they regain momentum? So originally I thought this actually could be the Sixers years, but with the moves the Nets have made, and the momentum the Sixers have lost, it's going to be difficult. Milwaukee, again, just uh, what just has there. really changed aside from Drew Holiday this season? And I think as we've said on this podcast, um, Giannis needs somebody who can really score the ball in that two-guard type position like a Bradley Beal, someone of that nature to really, really move the needle for the Milwaukee Bucks. So for me, yeah, it's going to be Lakers-Nets, but if we had to pick different, I would say watch out for the Heat, watch out for the Sixers, and if you really want to, watch out for the Bucks. And in the West, watch out for the Clippers, but in reality, watch out for the ratings when the Lakers play the Nets in the finals. Yes. And going to Embiid really quickly, he returns this Saturday from his injury. And they're nice. playing the Timberwolves, so that's going to be a relatively easy, soft game for him. But you know, that's neither here nor there, but... Yeah, just continuing with the Nets for a sec, because we talked these two, the Nets and the Lakers, have basically bogged up the entirety of the the NBA landscape, for better or for worse. And speaking of the worst part, what do you think KD's lasting legacy will be? Because he is such an enigmatic player. Like, I don't know what to make of him, and he was on the Warriors for a couple years. Even then, I didn't know what to think of him, but, you know, he's... Obviously, he's out with an injury, and he obviously has a lot of time on his hands, a lot of time, to the point where him and Michael Rappaport have been going back and forth. And obviously, you guys have all seen this, but basically, for everyone who hasn't yet, Kevin Durant just went on this tirade on... uh, and Michael Rappaport, I'm looking at one of the things he said to Michael Rappaport, and I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna cut this out. But he said, "I heard it all before you." <laughs> Chuck doesn't need you as security. You pale, pasty. <laughs> oh, God. The hell is going on? <laughs> so obviously, nice when listen. yeah, it, this is I don't know what's going on here. Like the deep screenshots, sure, whatever, right? But dude, like you're not even on your burner. You have the check mark on Instagram. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Like, what what like take a step back. If regardless of if the Nets win the championship or not, what do you think KD's lasting legacy will be? Because he is such an enigmatic player, like I said. Uh... Personally, I don't even know. One of the greatest offensive scorers in NBA history. No, he's one of the, like, such few scorers will ever be as cerebral as he is. Uh, he's definitely a future NBA Hall of Famer. He, is de- he will be definitely be considered as one of the all-time greats. But at the end of the day, uh, a highly controversial figure 
And, uh, you know, personally, I have my personal gratitude with Gaty, as in the comments, the comments kind of, you know, showcase that uh, he, that at times let his sensitivity get the best of him. Uh, he may have made some, he, his warriors made, his warriors decision will go down as the right decision, but highly, a deeply divisive one that, that showed, in my opinion, his personal flaws in my eyes of uh, at the end of the day, as su- as much of a great player he was, even though they're very different players, he could never. I will always remember him. Well, one of the biggest things I will always remember him that he could never get over the hump of LeBron James, his peer and his his rival, his adversary. It, it's he is. It's a he's definitely a player I will always have mixed feelings um, about when when his when his story is all said and done. Yeah, uh, K- KD is a weird dude. Like he makes a he lot. Is. Of, he is. He does a lot it's of strange. weird things. Like good way to put it. It's something about him. Like he he's supposed to be this. He's supposed to be like a goat type figure, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's he's in his bag when it comes to offensively, and he has mm-hmm. the tools defensively, but he just yep. hasn't like bought into it. So I, it's he's very peculiar. Like I don't know what other word to like describe it, and I I feel like that weird and peculiar. Those two words are gonna that's what's gonna describe his legacy because that's how his careers went. He was he was the second he's gonna be known as uh uh, uh the Portland Trailblazers should not had uh, skipped over. Uh, Kevin Durant and pick Greg Oden. Mm-hmm. He should have been picked number one. Uh, he was there with the the Supersonics. Then they changed to the Thunder. He becomes what the quick one of the youngest players to average thirty points a game. Uh, gets the MVP. Gives the, the beautiful speech to his mom. You the real MVP. Has the whole mm-hmm. feud with Russell Westbrook. Then he has the snake the snake uh, uh scenario here with the uh, Golden State Warriors. And it's like if you're the top player in the league, like I just I I don't see that like a top player doing that. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. I know that LeBron did the decision, but it's just, it's a different scenario. So uh, everything that Daniel pretty much said, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's, he's one of the most dangerous, like you said, cerebral assassins when it comes to that sniper. He, that's, isn't that his Instagram name? Um, easy money sniper. Easy money sniper. Cause it's easy money for him. He's freaking seven foot. He's the first unicorn, but yeah. his legacy is very weird. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. And, uh, you know, I look, Katie is a lot, you know, first of all, I think to me, if, if I have to sum it up in a few words to start off here, it might be one of the greatest players of all time who took an easier route to win a championship than he needed to. Quite I hate to say, you know, it's, uh, I, I have a personal connection with Katie in the sense that, you know, I started to follow every single basketball statistic and check NBA.com every single day and became absolutely obsessed in 2007. 2007 was the first year that I watched college basketball as well when Kevin Durant went to the finals with Texas. So I remember the day Durant was ra- drafted and I'm like, hey, I'm old enough and I'm going to remember this guy's entire career. And so I've really followed it and it's cool. Now, you sort of KD is one of those guys who, who has chapters to his career. You know, it's not the same situation, but in the same way we think of number eight Kobe and number 24 Kobe, I'm not comparing either aspect of Kobe to Kevin Durant, but they're sort of pre-Golden State Durant and post-Golden State Durant. 
And so I, I think that's part of how you have to look at his career. We remember the real MVP Durant. We remember him as a great person. You want to know what I thought of Kevin Durant? I was looking for, I used to get jerseys a lot when I was younger and I was looking for a jersey of the new era. And I thought KD is the least likely guy to leave a team. I, I, I'm getting a 35 KD. But and like right now, people are going to say, what do you mean? He left. But no, this is how you viewed Kevin Durant after the real MVP conversation. No one expected him to leave. Even guys like Windhorse, who make crazy claims, were saying KD was going to stay in OKC. That is what we expected. So KD, OKC version, him being a baller, him coming up, him improving his skill set, him proving the doubters wrong, that he was weak and couldn't bench enough, and becoming this incredible player. That's the positive side of Durant I'm really going to remember. But they had a 3-1 lead on the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors would have been fine without him. I loved watching the Warriors. I wish I could have seen what they did after the 73-win season coming back without Kevin Durant. They did not need him. It was fun to watch. It was great. I'm happy it happened in the sense that it did, but it was it was a weird time in basketball. KD broke the game, and he could have just he could have done it without, and it could have been the Thunder and the Warriors going at it for years, making different finals, having that. And so he got two championships. He was amazing in those runs. Some of the best individual basketball I've seen, but he also had a lot of spacing on the floor with all the all-stars and all the famers he was playing with. So to me, Kevin Durant's legacy is polarizing. It is continuing, but bro, use your burner next time. You're famous. Like you can't do that. And to say that kind of stuff, what are you in middle school, KD? Come on, dude. You're better than this real MVP. That's the real KD is the real MVP KD. Uh, I'm going to make one more quick comparison here. Kanye West in 2007, after releasing a college dropout, late registration and graduation, he got his mother plastic surgery. She passed away during it and he was never the same Kanye. And to me, once Kevin Durant went to Golden State and got all that hate, that's when he started responding to everyone and becoming very sensitive. And, and I see those two things in a similar situation as to why, you know, someone with that much class, intelligence and heart uh, would sink to that level. And also, bro, once the lawyer comes in, you can't be making those comments anymore. If you read the whole thread, like he's like, you called your lawyer. Oh man. And then starts talking about his wife. And it's like, bro, he's serious at this point. He called the lawyer. Like, take it easy. Like take a chance. Yes. <laughs> but shout out to early career KD, especially. I'm really happy. I've gotten to watch his whole career. Love him as a basketball player. Uh, really enjoyed him as a person in the Oklahoma City days. And incredible career. Hall of Famer. One of the greatest players of all time. Top 15 easily. Uh, yeah. I will say this. Early career KD, you did. I, I liked how you pointed out, Skyler. Early career KD, his Oklahoma City days up until his departure. KD was easily one of the more likable figures in the NBA. He was, yeah, he was, no doubt. He, no doubt. He was 100% positive. And, and, but after the departure, like the heel turn, like it really felt like a heel turn. And like, in a way, like KD, like obviously, I don't think he's a bad, bad person. I, I just think image wise, he really took a turn for the worse. He really did. There are some things that he needs to work out, and it's not on the basketball court. Yes. Like a WWE villain, man. Yeah. And someone said you're you're a heel now. <laughs> Just like Vince McMahon. All right, you're gonna be a heel. Yeah. And that's what happened. <laughs> Seemingly, well, that's like, what happened. In a way, like Kyrie and Katie on the same team, it ain't surprising. It ain't surprising. 
amazing legacy though. He's done great off court work as well. And I'll, I'll miss him severely when he's gone. One of the greatest offensive players of all time. It's yeah. just weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he used to not be so weird, but he's yeah. weird. <laughs> then he got, then he got used to social media. And now that he has time off, he's all over it. But something that I also saw on social media was that Carl Anthony Towns, dad watched him play for the first time since his mom's death. Now, I know we're all acutely aware of the fact that Carl Anthony Towns lost seven family members due to COVID. And it was just, it's a horrible situation that you never want anyone to go through. And sadly, this did happen to Kat. And the fact that he had COVID himself just made things that much more, you know, much more worse. But the fact that his dad was able to watch him and watch and have that moment together after such a horrific time, um, it's just great to see. And even even Carl Anthony Towns Jr. said it himself, quote, it was really the first time having family watch me playing in person. And it's crazy seeing my dad. I'm like, where's my mom? She's going to come. And obviously, she's not going to show up. That affected me. But I, but I got out there and played the best I can for this team. And so just, uh, you know, shout out to Carl Anthony Towns for being strong because this happening – to your family losing seven family members to covid it's never easy and you know just shout out to him for keeping his his spirits up and shout out to his dad for watching his uh his son play prayers up god bless him yeah 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 prayers up um it's 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 always amazing uh to have your your parents your family somebody supporting you uh that, that you see in the crowd it's it just brings another level of emotion and uh i feel like this need needed to happen like his dad needed to be there especially with it being safe for him to be there because carl anthony towns is a strong individual but th- this type of emotion is something that that you have to go through um and it's only going to make him a, a better person a stronger basketball player so it's 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 a feel-good story out of it just always think of movies like the sixth man where you feel like your angels watching you uh just and that's that's probably what he kind of was feeling like my mom's watching me playing now and it's all all up all, all for her so uh amazing to see his dad is still healthy and able to watch him play absolutely you know uh for sure i think there was a great quote on modern family once and it said 90 percent of being a parent is just showing up and i think that that's really where carl anthony town's uh father stepped in there absolutely terrible uh, what happened with his mother? You know, I uh, I lost my my nana, my grandma, who lived with me my whole life, who watched basketball with me, and all that. And it's it's that hole from grief. You know, that's I I can just feel and relate to that comment. Even even you know when when Kobe passed away, like my family said, it felt like they lost a family member because I brought him into the house every day. And so I googled his name every day, and every day when I Google his name, I'm I'm. I don't do it every day anymore, but I'm still expecting there's going to be some story, something's going on. It's like, oh no, you know, and, and there still are those stories, but when it's just about what happened January 26th, I'm like, nah, this ain't it, you know? And so anyways, just uh, appreciate your loved ones while they're around and, uh, you know, shout out to my Nana and mom and dad for watching my Instagram live yesterday. Cause showing up means a lot. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. Thanks for sharing that too, Skyler. Without. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, shout out to Carl Anthony Towns for staying in there and keeping strong, especially amid this pandemic that's just wrecking everyone. But just uh, a few more quick hitters here, if you don't mind. Probably some good news. 
So the NBA's Africa League is set to start on May 16th in Rwanda. Interesting. The teams are Algeria, Angola, Cameroon, Egypt, Madagascar, Mali, Morocco, Mozambique, Nigeria, Rwanda, Senegal, and Tunisia. So big shout out to the NBA for really being a global game. Shout out to them. They're they're backing up their word. And you know, if if like, you know, the entire situation with Joel Embiid and I think it was correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was like Al Farouk Aminu or something like that, or Luke Luke Ricard and Baamute was one of the people that scouted Joel Embiid and brought him from Cameroon to play in Kansas, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of untapped potential um out there. So this is amazing. And like you said, it's global. So keep it up. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, big, NBA too. Good big stuff. big fan of big fan of this move. I just think, you know, it this this is, you know, bringing the game to like, you know, unseen waters. And, you know, like, I mean, the like, you know, it's great when the NBA tries to spread the gospel of basketball. And, you know, the more countries that get involved, the the richer and greater the sport is. So props to them. Um, looking forward to, you know, to even more future, you know, talent from Africa to come. So, like, we, we've seen it. We've seen a lot of it so far. And I, I hope we can see more. It's it's there. Now it's just a platform for them to do it. Because you know, Serge Ibaka uh, is he plays for the the national Spanish team. You know what I'm saying? But now it's there. So now we can uh, accumulate that talent from start to finish. So now we got teams for the national teams uh, uh, representing their country and whatnot. So I think this is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, Masai Jiri actually has a charity and a documentary called Giants of Africa. And really, I was lucky to be at the Toronto Film Festival when I was doing my film production diploma. And I got to actually meet and talk with Masai outside of the film's premiere. And he was so cool and he was so into it. And Dikembe was in the film. And so I really got to know about basketball in Africa and the amount of talent out there, but just the resources to, you know, not be able to get over to the NBA due to things that are, are not their fault at all. Uh, this is an incredible move and we're going to see a lot more talent developed and resources. And it's just a connection that, that absolutely needed to happen because uh, it's, it's one of the most talented regions for basketball possible. And with these resources, it's going to be really, really good for the game and shout out to Messiah Jerry. Yeah. You think we can get him on the pod? Definitely at some point. Messiah, right. if you're listening, we, we would like, we would love to have you on one day. So please come. But- Whatever things we said about the Raptors, we apologize. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we didn't say anything bad about the Raptors. But anyways. No, no. no I'm always shouting them out. Masai, if you're listening, we're always shouting you out. We're always shouting out the Raptors. So because you are a free agent at some point, Masai, hop on the pod. We'll love to have you. But last thing here, something we'd love to see is the new Space Jam posters. Any thoughts on those? And we have a release date, July 16th. And according hey. to the tweets... It's going to be available on HBO Max in the U.S. only, sorry, Skylar, for 31 days after its theatrical release at no cost to subscribers. So July 16th, mark your calendars because Space Jam, a new, a new legacy, is coming out. Thoughts on the uh, posters? I think they look pretty sick. I really like they, the, uh, the gradient tone, but go ahead. I uh, definitely agree with you, Jared. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm looking. I'm just looking at these posters right now. I'm... I'm very impressed. Yeah. My favorite so uh, favorite so far is the uh, the Bugs Bunny one. Uh, 
personally, I have very low expectations of this. Uh, it's 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 Space Jam. It's not your typical Oscar nominee that comes out this time of this time of year. Uh, I just want to have a good time. It doesn't have to be better than the the original Space Jam. Just give me a good time. Just bring a smile on my face. Just just give me my basketball face for the night, and I'm good. I'm just I'm just gonna go in with low expectations. It's when people have high expectations that the joy in life gets taken away. Hey, bro! All Absolutely asked, perfect. <laughs> all he asked about was the posters, bro. I'm just playing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the posters is cool, man. Um, I just I feel you, Daniel. I just want to have a good time. Bring a smile to my face. So yep. I think the posters did that. They we got a smile to my face because I, I enjoyed you talking about the movie, Daniel. <laughs> but what you got to say about it, Skyler? Absolutely no. I'm uh, I'm hyped for Space Jam for sure. Space Jam was the movie that got me into basketball. Uh, you know, I I can't wait personally. I I still remember the day I went with my nana and my mom to go see Space Jam. I'm three years old and I was hooked. I was hooked. And so for me, those jerseys were really new era, modern age. See Bucks Bunny back in a basketball jersey. It's exactly what we need after everything we've been through, uh, after the bubble and everything. And personally, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great don Cheadle is the villain like come on i'm fired up yeah absolutely and you know i'm super excited about this too uh surprisingly a lot of people are not because they changed lola bunny's design weird what a weird thing to not be excited about the movie for lola bunny's design it's it's, please everyone it's it's space jam it's space jam yeah it's an animated character take it easy haters gonna hate i mean i mean we we got upset with sonic Cause that 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 initial design was pretty ugly, but uh, that was bad. I don't. But, uh, well, yeah, that was. I think this, it for, went for, deeper than the than the design. Just yeah, this this, this scenario, just like Katie's legacy, it's weird. People weird. People are weird. Yeah, but anyways, something that's not weird and something that will lead to a good time is if you guys remember to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, I'm Daniel Huang. Uh, once again, sh- uh, thank you to all our supporters and listeners for getting us over to over a thousand Twitter followers. Uh, last thing I just want to leave off. I, it's been a, a long time since I've been back in the movie theater. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. Um, I think... Godzilla vs. Kong is going to be a blast and joining me as well. Big facts. Uh, big shout out to the fans. Like I said, it was big news coming on the, on, the, on the social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to engage. We love the engagement you guys are doing on Instagram and on Twitter. Also, Lakers about to get that big W today. Psych, we're probably going to lose against the Bucks. But I'm yeah. hoping that Andre Drummond has a, a solid, solid double-double performance. Trez gets his uh, double-double for my fantasy points. This is long, I know. But you already know who it is. It's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course, we have... Yo, what up, guys? Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm going to give a shout out to my Nana today who watched Kobe and Jordan, got me into basketball, all that stuff. And uh, I remember kind of feeling her presence when I was at Kobe Bryant's final game. So after Carl Anthony Towns, shout out to anyone who's ever lost a loved one. You can see air, even though you can't see air, but you know it's there. And so if you lost a loved one, they're with you. It's all good. And hopefully these comments bring you comfort. But keep on listening and tuning into the pod. Right. And we will see everyone next week.